0: The Chumba Life is for everybody, so go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you. Welcome back to the Die Hard MMA Podcast. Your boy, as always, Clint here on Pub Sports Radio, and this is the undy Defeated post weigh in show. That's right. We are taking one final look at these fighters as they step onto the scale, and we try to take any last little bit of information that we can add to our handicap and make the most money possible at tomorrow's UFC London. Last reminder, folks morning fights. If you're here in the good old US of A, those bad boys over in London. Big time difference. We're talking mimosas and waffles. We're going to be waking up, rolling out of bed, stuffing your face with a breakfast burrito, and then watching people punch each other in the mouth. I personally am very much looking forward to it. But make sure you get your bets in nice and early tonight. Because if you don't do it tonight, you might roll out of bed and miss the first couple fights of the card. So get after it. Alright, let's dig straight on into this bad boy. You've got Daniel Barres taking on... Rafael Philo. Barres came in at 125, Philo 126. No problems whatsoever for either guy. Very relaxed was Barres on the scale today. Philo uh, had his sunglasses on, which is questionable, but he's kind of coming from like the Charles Oliveira camp of things where i think that's just maybe his thing on weigh-in day i don't like it but it is what it is very respectful face off philo was absolutely like bouncing on the balls of his toes here he was very excited for this fight slight size advantage for philo my cap of this fight has not changed all week i kind of like the under i kind of like philo I'm not sure Barres is this great prospect that everyone's making him out to be. Yeah, he probably has a cardio and a striking advantage. However, Rafael Vilo has a grappling advantage and he's already got the UFC level experience. I think either of these guys could be finished, so violence is probably the best way to go. No bet for me yet at this point in time. I think I'm just going to stay off it. This is going to be a fun, exciting way to start the event. I'm either going to bet it under or nothing. Next up, you've got Shauna Bannon taking on Bruna Brazil. Both women came in at 115 pounds. Bannon looked good on the scale today. Big old cheesy smile on her. No problems with Bruna Brazil. Looked very confident, locked in, very solid. Brazil does have a size advantage here in this spot. And Bannon was barking at her. I mean, she got up there in her face and was talking to her with authority, making you think that she's got something up her sleeve. But I can't get around the fact that I think Bruna Brazil is a better version at this stage of Shauna Bannon. I'm not impressed with anything I've seen so far from Shauna Bannon. Both these ladies have a good, big, solid left kick. Brazil, I think, is going to have the strength advantage. She is slightly larger. She's got a good body lock on her. I just think this is going to be a close competitive fight, and I would not be at all surprised if the judges rob Bruna Brazil because we're in Shauna Bannon's backyard, and she's got that Conor McGregor stamp of approval. So kind of lean towards the over, kind of lean towards a split decision. If I had to make a pick money line, I'm going Bruna Brazil, but very low-level women's MMA Anything can happen in this one. I wouldn't be surprised with any outcome whatsoever. Yanel Ashmos takes on Chris Duncan up next. This seems to be the Twitter Civil War of the week. 155 for Yanel Ashmos. 156 for Chris Duncan. My guy Yanel absolutely freaking jacked. He's a tank, this man. He's up there, blank stare. No problems on the scales for him His opponent, Chris Duncan, looks solid on the scales as well. Can't poke any holes in him, unfortunately. Was kind of hoping maybe he'd have a bad weight cut for the sake of my bet, but eh, no such luck. Um, This was a good, solid face-off. Duncan does have a slight size advantage here. I think he's about one inch taller. It's not anything drastic for the people who thought he was going to tower over Yanel Ashmoes. He's a little bit bigger, not not very much. Um, But Yanel is far thicker than Chris Duncan is. So it's one of those things where, like, Yes, you're taller. Yes, maybe you have a slight reach advantage, but it's nothing crazy and your opponent is much more jacked than you are. Kind of balances out, right? Um, I'm on Yanel Ashmo's. Read this one completely wrong. I saw plus 105 earlier in the week and I jumped on it as soon as I saw it because I thought it was going to go the other way. And all the love has come in on Chris Duncan. I know Yanel Ashmo's may look like kind of the public underdog of the week because of his highlight reel KO and his UFC entrance. But I don't think that matters. Like sometimes square is right. Like sometimes sharp is wrong. And and I think this is one of those circumstances where Chris Duncan is just not what he's cracked up to be. I know he's training at a good camp. He's chinny. He walks face first into punches, and then he panic wrestles when he gets tagged. And Yanelle Ashmos is going to tag him. And you know what Yanelle Ashmos is really good at wrestling. So I think he's going to be able to keep this fight on the feet where it works for him. Duncan absolutely has power. He could chin this guy, you know, Ashmo's could get his first KO loss this week cuz Duncan punches hard, but I think it's far more likely that you know takes a better punch than Duncan does. And Duncan is the one who's staring up at the lights at the end of this thing. Give me the dog, it's my biggest bet of the week, and I'm tempted to add more because now the line has gotten better. Piani Kinzad taking on Ketlin Vieira. 136 for Kianzad, 135 for Vieira, and what we've got is a fantastic matchup of really intense women here. One arm flex for both ladies on the scale, no issues making weight, and when they face off, they went nose to nose in a hurry. Ketlin does have a slight size advantage here, but these two are staring each other down, and neither of them wanted to break eye contact. This is going to be a Battle, folks. Um, I do think Ketlin Vieira is maybe the slightly more technical fighter, maybe just barely. That size advantage probably does benefit her somewhat, especially because both these women tend to spend a long time in the clinch. Uh, but what we have is a very close line here Ketlin Vieira minus 145, Peony Kinzad is plus 125. I lean dog or pass because of how close this thing is going to be. But honestly, maybe betting an over, or like I said before, this could be a split decision spot. There's going to be lots of clinching. There's going to be lots of back and forth. I think both of them will land solid shots, but neither of them will be able to take the other down or hurt the other significantly. So we're probably going to end up in a very close fight. Split decision written all over it. If you're giving me plus 350, plus 400 on a split decision prop where it's women's MMA, high pace, high volume, lots of clinching, That's probably going to happen. So I don't mind the split prop. And Pianikin's ad by split, I think, is like 11 to 1 or something like that. I may have a little sprinkle on that because at 11 to 1, I think that's very, very good odds for something that, quite frankly, is more likely than those odds suggest. Next up, Brian Barbarana taking on Mahmoud Muradov in one of the weirdest fights on the entire card. Barb came in at 185. He usually fights at 170. He originally fought at 155. Very weird. He's moving up at the uh, old stages of his career here. Mahmoud Muradov made 186. No problems. Same old Barb. He's got his painted nails up there. I love that. He has his kids paint his nails and stuff before all of his weigh-ins. Mahmoud, though, blank stare. Barely smiled, maybe a rough weight cut for him. Like he he had that long far off gaze thing going on where you can't quite tell what he's looking at and he smiled. But it's like when I tell my seven year old daughter to smile for a picture after the 20th photo I've taken, she's just like, (laughs) it's not a real smile. I think he had maybe a bit of a tough weight cut. Obviously size advantage here goes to Mahmoud Murdov. He's not a small man at 185 and Barb is coming up a weight class. This was a good, respectful face off. It's weird. They did this one first they did this one at the very beginning because of personal matters. I guess Brian Barbarino like needed to leave or something. So they faced them off before everybody else, even though it's the fifth card on uh, fight fight on the card. I don't know what to make of any of this. This is all very, very strange. It almost feels like Brian Barbarana is on a family vacation and collecting a check while he's out there because he knows he's going to get his ass beat by Mahmoud Muradov. No idea what's going on. I've said it all week. Muradov is probably a parlay piece. I don't mind him here. He should win this fight no matter what. He's probably going to flex those grappling chops and take Barbarana down. We all know Barb cannot stop a takedown to save his life. This is probably going to be a one-sided mauling affair. I hate to say it that way, but it, it's just such a weird setup for this guy to be coming up another weight class and taking on a guy who needs to get right spot who's way larger than him and hits harder. Like, it's got to be Mahmoud Muradov. It really has to be. I'm not sure how you can argue much for Brian Barberena in this spot outside of Mahmoud just essentially death gassing and having nothing left on the feet deep in this fight. So very weird spot. Really, really weird. I'll say Mahmoud Muradov probably highlight reel KOs him wouldn't be shocked if he goes for a sub but i'm not sure he's slick enough on the ground to actually finish barb that way he probably needs to pound him out or maybe even has kind of a boring grapple heavy decision we'll see what happens mick parkins up next taking on jamal pogues parkins came in at 264 looking good classic heavyweight no big issues here jamal pogues came in at 266 literally tipping the scales at heavyweight for the ufc's division not 265 266 and you know what that means that means this boy woke up and cut weight that means bro had to work to get his body to 266 nobody wakes up and rolls over on point for the extra pound especially in the heavyweight division buddy needed to cut to hit 266 and normally you'd be like oh well that's an advantage right heavyweight he's so much bigger think of romanov look how strong that guy guys jamal pogues fought as low as 185 before. I believe he fought at 185 before he went to 205. more, The majority of his career, I believe, was at 205. And then he fought on contender series at heavyweight because he put on all this extra weight. Very athletic. I'll give him credit for his jab. But he looked like crap today on the scales. He had so much extra weight hanging on him. 15 pounds. And the look on his face. Like, if you just go back and you find the photo of his previous weigh-in versus this one... The face tells the whole story. He was a big, flabby boy, but you could see the outline of abs. He put some work in, he was feeling himself, he was feeling good. That fight, he looked like he was ready to go. This fight, he's got man boobs, and he's way saggier, and he's just blankly staring off in the distance, put a shirt on as quickly as he possibly could. You know, he's embarrassed by the way he looks up there today. I already am on Parkins, and I'm tempted to add more because I really feel like something's either wrong with Pogues or he just rolled off the couch. I don't know if he didn't take this fight seriously or if he's got a medical issue or if he needs a paycheck. I'm not sure what's happening here, but Pogues topping out at 266 doesn't make a ton of sense to me whatsoever. These guys do size up pretty well. Parkin does have the slightest of height advantages. He's the slightly bigger frame out there, but it's the broadness. It's the thickness. His body is built like a heavyweight, whereas Pogues, I think if he got his shit together, could still easily fight at 205. I'm definitely on the dog here in this spot. I don't think I even need the tinfoil cap. Like The guy came in massively overweight in this spot compared to what we've seen ever before, 15 extra pounds. I don't think it's a good look. For Jamal Pogues. I've been on Michael Parkin uh, essentially all week leading up to this. I've heard a lot of love in the community for Jamal Pogues. I think this guy's massively overrated. And I think Parkin's got a good shot to win this one. The one thing I will tell you is I'm extremely tempted on a sneaky, sneaky play here. Parkin by decision. Like, this is the guy's UFC debut, right? Like, yes, I think he's better than Jamal Pogues. I think he's bigger than Jamal Pogues. I think he's stronger. Pogues relies on wrestling in a jab. Well, I think the wrestling is going to be a problem against Michael Park, and that's what he does best. So if these guys get into a classic low level sloppy you know cage clinching lots of pushing takedowns parkin gets on top of him like as long as pogues doesn't phone it in like i said if something's really wrong with him or he's just showing up for a paycheck then parkin probably finishes him but if he doesn't if he actually shows up to fight even though he's overweight i think this thing goes a full 15 minutes and if that's the case parkin probably wins the decision and that's plus 750 I like that. I'm going to probably add to that. I'm probably going to sprinkle Parkin pie decision plus 750 because I think that's a solid opportunity for an outcome here at a nice, big, sexy number. I know he hits hard. I know these are heavyweights. Anything could happen. And especially with the way Jamal Pogues looks, he could just get tapped out in the first round when he gets taken down because he didn't even train for this fight but if he's at all a competitor here i think this goes 15 so i i like that that's a sneaky little look there i could probably i should probably grab the tinfoil hat for that one but we've spent way too much time on this one particular fight when i had a bet on it like four days ago Next up, Yoel Alvarez takes on Mark Diacchese. Both guys 156. Uh, Big, strong flex for Alvarez. Great smile. No problem. I mean, he looks a little bit rough up there every time, but he's like Jalen Turner. This guy's the biggest guy in the division. He's massive. Of course, of course he had a tough time cutting weight. That's just kind of built into it. Diacchese looked locked in, to be quite honest. He looked good on the scales. No problem there for him. Uh, Big height advantage for Alvarez. We knew he was going to be the bigger man. Diacchese's kind of a big, strong bully in this weight class as is, and he was dwarfed by Yoel Alvarez alvarez it was interesting to me though the crowd actually popped bigger for alvarez than they did for mark like dia fighting in his own backyard and the crowd at the weigh-ins cheered louder for Joel alvarez i thought that was really funny um i locked in alvarez at minus 155 way earlier in the week i felt like that was a good number a fair number you guys know me i'm always scared of that clv when i beat a line move like this it usually spells death i don't know why that is but i can't seem to bring home the bacon we broke that curse last week when uh, our girl got it done for us, we got in super early, uh, on that line and she ended up bringing it home So i'm hoping the curse is broken and we're good to go here on you alvarez We'll see tomorrow, but I can't help but be a little bit nervous because of that giant line move That's not normally how it goes. So uh, I like you alvarez here in this spot whether it's by decision He could honestly knock him out with those big old body kicks. He's a very violent guy Looks like he's turning a corner and getting better in that area And then of course the submission threat is always there. I like that money line. I like it at minus 155 I can't preach it quite as much at minus 200. It's a little pro- pricey at this stage Um, but if that's the way you want to go then have at it I do think he wins Johnny Parsons taking on Danny Roberts up next 171 for both men now Parsons needed the box of shame to get there which is interesting to me had a tough time cutting he missed it initially 172 had an hour to go ahead and come back and try again made 171 so it definitely took some out of him And his opponent here, Danny Roberts, gave a solid flex. Business as usual for this guy. Not a problem whatsoever. Roberts does have a slight size advantage in this spot. This was a respectful face-off. I've been kind of looking at this one all week. And I keep saying there's a lot of coins that I just do not need to flip on this card. Lots of very close competitive fights. And I've been fading older UFC fighters that are finally ready to be ushered out. That's kind of been my thing here in 2023. And it's worked out really well. But this one has me scratching my head just a little bit. Parsons, I'm not sold as UFC caliber. He won a split on Dana White's contender series to get here. I don't know that he deserved to win that split. He got outstruck by like 40 significant strikes. Now he's taking on Danny Roberts, a guy who's solid, who's well-rounded, who's not great anywhere, but is very UFC caliber in basically every aspect of the game. Yes, his durability's starting to get chipped away just a little bit, but the only thing I'm worried about is Parsons head kicking him. If his durability fails, Danny Parsons lose, uh, Danny uh, Roberts loses this fight. However, I think he's the better fighter essentially everywhere. I think he's the better grappler. I think he's bigger. He's strong. I don't think he's bigger. I know he's bigger. He's stronger. He's the better, more technical striker. Like, I kind of think I have to bet hot chocolate. I don't like it. I don't want to. But looking at this, I'm like, he absolutely should be a larger favorite. And especially with his opponent having struggled with the weight cut being the smaller man coming in here. I think I have to bet Danny Roberts. I might have to. And it's, this is one of those ones where I feel gross doing it. Like, and usually those turn out to be the best bets. If you literally don't want to put your money there, but like you must, because all the signs point to massive line value on it. They're gross. They make your stomach turn. Usually they cash i'm probably gonna end up at the window with danny roberts tomorrow and and that's just gonna make me sick next up davy grant takes on daniel marcos 136 for both men here davy grant no problem big smile relaxed feeling good in his backyard daniel marcos this guy looks intense like every time always he is staring at his opponents if looks could kill this guy would be undefeated oh wait he's already undefeated gave a solid flex on the scales these guys size up really well davy grant was trying to have like a fun you know showdown nice face off patted him on on the shoulder. Marcos wasn't having it. He was staring daggers the entire time. Very intense man here. Um, I want to cheer for my guy, Davy Grant, especially at home. Daniel Marcos being undefeated and from what we've seen, very, very technical, good, solid kicking game. I do think the way he drops his hands is dangerous, and Davy Grant, no pun intended, could take advantage with those big, powerful hooks that he swings. I also wouldn't be shocked with the way Davy Grant's been kind of getting chipped away as far as his durability goes. If he gets stuck at kicking range and gets kicked to death in this spot, totally possible. This is one of those coins that I am not flipping. I don't want to doubt Davey Grant because he's my guy and he's a boss. But at the same time, I kind of feel like the new kid has got something for him. Minus 140. I don't want to lay chalk on Daniel Marcos when he's unproven at this level still. So I see the value on the underdog Davey Grant, but I think it's going to be a close fight. I'm not going to touch this one. Next up, Joshua Kalibau takes on Lerone Murphy. 146 for both men here. No problem for uh, Josh Kalibau. Relaxed on the scale. Big smile. Solid flex. Look good. His opponent, Lerone Murphy, is almost the exact opposite. He is jacked. Like, you've got soft-body Kalibao up there with no issues. The opposite for Lerone Murphy. This guy has to cut big time because all that muscle, but he looks damn good on the scales today. These two size up really, really well. This was an intense face-off. Obviously, Murphy's got the muscle advantage here. The speed and the cardio is probably going to go to Kalibao. Murphy's got the wrestling upside. I don't know what to make of this fight. The shine has kind of come off Laurel Murphy a little bit. Joshua Klebau is in every single fight he's ever been in. He's always the dog. And he's won several of them and been extremely competitive in the ones that he's lost. I don't think you can be wrong taking Joshua at plus odds anymore. You just simply can't. I don't know that either of these guys is capable of being finished Either. This is another spot where I'm kind of expecting a decision. Probably Lerone Murphy decision with the grappling upside. He'll be able to land some key takedowns that'll win the fight for him. But again, I don't want to flip this coin. I don't want to doubt a guy like Joshua Kalibao I'm gonna enjoy this fight. We're gonna watch it closely, maybe take some notes. I think I'm gonna pick Lerone Murphy. Question mark. Probably pick Murphy, but I don't want to lay that chalk on him again. Next up, Jai Herbert takes on Faraz. Zion, this is a long card, folks. 155 for both guys here. Jai Herbert looked miserable on the scales. He always does. He's a big dude, tough weight cut. Uh, his opponent for Ziam, is taller than he is and uh, looked fine on the scales today. Threw his one hand up, no issues. He looked relaxed. He's a whole lot younger though. I think that has something to do with it. Zion, like I said, slight size advantage, which I thought was interesting because that's kind of always Jai Herbert's thing. Is he's taller and he's longer than his opponent here, um, but not this time. Both guys were smiling. This was a respectful face-off. This line has gotten, I think out of control. Foraziam is minus 170. Now I get it. Like none of us like Jai Herbert. His striking is just okay. He fights close with his opponents. He hits decently hard, but that chin is a definite concern. I could see Farazian being as tall and as long as he is maybe finding the chin easier and cracking him that way. I don't know that he's a power puncher that way, though. So I'm not sold that he can crack the chin of Jai Herbert. I think this fight is another one close, competitive. And the hometown guy Jai Herbert is going to get the crowd behind him. You never know if he robs this fight via split decision or something like that. Another one I just don't like. The wider this line gets, the more tempted I am on Jai Herbert. But at the same time, I don't know that I want to take a value stab on a guy that can just get chinned at literally any point in time in the fight. I've lost money when Jai Herbert got knocked out before. Let me tell you, it's not fun. Um, I will... Ah, I guess I'll pick Fraziom. I guess I'll side with the favorite. It feels kind of gross, though. I feel like Jai Herbert's very live in that spot. Paul Craig takes on Andre Muniz. This is the one. Uh, Paul Craig 186. He was skinny as death up there today. Absolutely shredded. Not an ounce of fat on that body, but he was very intense as always. And got a solid flex out of Muniz. He's jacked at this weight class. No problems for him. He's not a little guy either. And Paul Craig, classic Paul Craig face-offs. He's got the war paint on. He's coming in for an intense stare-down. He goes nose-to-nose with his opponent. Rips his shirt off. you love it. Absolute entertainment from the Bear Jew this morning. Slight height advantage here for Paul Craig I, we got a fight on our hands. Like I was looking at this going, you know what? I think Muniz is the rightful favorite. You know what? Parlay Muniz. I like Muniz by knockout probably. It looks like the weigh-in for Paul Craig went fine. And in fact, now that he's got some time to rehydrate, he's bigger and he looks like he's got all of his energy. He's not lagging at all. We gotta fight on our hands! I kinda of like the under one and a half. I do think we're gonna see violence in this spot. Maybe Paul Craig can just bully someone like Mooneys and his gas tank becomes an issue again at some point because of that size and strength differential. I don't want to change my entire handicap on this fight just because Paul Craig's weight cut went okay. I still think Muniz belongs in the weight class. I still think Muniz has the crisper striking. I still think Paul Craig is chinny and it's not going to help him being 15 pounds lighter. So I do think that Muniz by knockout is probably going to stick with being my pick. I'm going to be a lot less bullish when it comes to playing it though. I have not bet this fight. I haven't tied it into parlays or anything like that. Might be a good live look on this one. You know, People have been memed by Paul Craig many a time before, so I wouldn't be shocked if it happens to Andre Muniz either, but I still think he should and will win the fight. Andre Feely takes on Nathaniel Wood next, 145 for Feely, 146 for Wood. No problems for Andre Feely. It's always tough to see what kind of shape and condition he's in with all those tattoos, but he's in good shape. He looks solid up there. Nathaniel Wood gave a good flex, no issues for him. You know, ever since he moved up to 145, he's very relaxed, very solid making weight because he's a lot thicker up here. Uh, Feely obviously has the height and reach advantage here. Respectful face off. These guys like each other. I still cannot wrap my brain around Wood being a minus 200 favorite. I mean, I know he's a solid, high-volume striker. I like his leg kicks. I love his overall game together. But this is a big step up. Feely is not some pushover. And this guy is a natural 145-er who's got a huge height and reach advantage in this spot. I can't lay the wood with Nathaniel I do pick him to win this fight, but again, I think this could be a very close, greasy split decision type of spot. I was tempted on the Feely spread if your book offers like the plus three and a half, because all he's got to do is win one round off of Nathaniel Wood for that bet to cash. And I think that's definitely possible. I think this fight goes the distance. I think we see a 15 minute back and forth striking matchup. It could even be close, could be a split decision. I don't want to mess with this one. I haven't had the greatest read on Touchy Feely recently, and I'm not sold on Nathaniel Wood. So I would like to bet Feely at these big plus odds, but something's holding me back this week. I'm not sure what it is. I'm trying not to ruin what I think is a good solid card. I've only made three bets, three bets. I'm going to add a couple, Before the fights kick off here, I'll tweet those out, obviously. Follow me on social media for my official picks when I put those out. Uh, But I think I like my three picks more than anything, so I don't want to spoil my uh, what I'm hoping is going to be a good, solid, clean win um, tomorrow at these fights with a bunch of rando last-second picks that I throw in because I got a little itchy to have some extra action. Molly McCann taking on Julija Stolio-Ranko. The second most anticipated fight on this card here for weigh-ins. Molly McCann, classic Molly. Enjoying herself, no issues. You know, at the ceremonial, she's screaming the entire she time she's up on the stage. She's a good hype man. I love Molly. Julia, on the other hand, she made 125 on the dot. No problems. Gets on the scale. And pulls one of these. I was like Julia! Like not only did you make weight in front of all the haters. You made championship weight. And she just brushed it off. I was like oh. oh." I love it. I love it. Stolia Ranko's flexing on weigh-in day. These two do not size up well. Molly McCann came in like a bat out of hell. And she's so short. She slammed her forehead into the chin of Stolia Ranko. Instead of going nose to nose. Forehead to forehead. Julija was repping that height she was keeping that chin up shoulders back looking down making sure molly knows how short she is in this spot that didn't stop molly from coming forward and trying to get face to face with her though it was really funny actually um this is going to be a great i can't wait for this thing i'm very tempted on the under i think i'm gonna find my way to an under under two and a half looks like you get minus 150 minus 155 i think that makes a ton of sense molly mccann bites on the mouthpiece and throws with heat so there's definitely a chance she can clip and hurt Jaleja just rankle we've seen her win by knockout before obviously jalee can hit those arm bars we have seen women getting snatched by her that's her main move and molly has really struggled with grapplers so this is a dogger pass spot for me And I've been saying it all week. I'm not going to lay this price tag on Molly McCann. The only way I'm looking is Julija Stolyaranko. And I just need to see her make weight. I need to see her get on the scale and look decent doing it. She did that. I like how Julija Stolyaranko looked on the scales today. She made it look easy. That's what I want to go with. So I might find my way to the dog here in this spot. I might play Julija and under, kind of as a self-hedge, right? If Molly McCann knocks Julija out we break even if Jaleja wins by sub you cash both and you're good to go so I kind of like that strategy I think I did forget to mention a little earlier folks I've been talking with my guy Andrew from Superbook Sports the big guy has two spots on this card not one but two. And one of those is Julie stolioranko He got in much earlier in the week. That was the first notice I got on this card was that the big guy at Superbook bet Julie much earlier in the week. That line has calmed down since he bet it. so the market is moving that way, tightening this line up just a little bit. I forgot to mention the other one. I do apologize. This one came in a little earlier today. So uh recent news: the big guy bet on Michael Parkin, which I'm loving because I did not know that coming into the week, and I bet on him myself. So We are in agreement on Parkin as a dog here this week, me and the Superbook big guy, without any type of uh, coordination or anything like that. I locked that bet in days ago. So that was excellent news for me. Those are the two plays from him. Uh, Just so you guys know, do with that information what you will. It's a question whether or not I end up on Stolioranko with him, but we're in agreement on both those picks this week. Um, Next up, Tom, Tom Aspinall finally returns, taking on Marcin Tybura. Aspinall 258, Tybura 246. Tom... Honestly, looked really good, but he's like 15 pounds. No, he- I'm sorry, not 15. That's uh, that's the other guy. But this is the heaviest he's ever weighed in. Tom has never come in this heavy at the UFC level, which is a bit of a question mark, right? Because he's coming off a knee injury. So, was he having trouble with cardio? Was it was this intentional? Is he lifting? Like, the, I wish I had the answer to those questions because it's always you're always wondering what these heavyweights are doing when they add that extra mass on. Was it intentional? Was it something they couldn't get off? We have no idea. It does add a little bit of a question mark for me, but he looked good. He looked thick up there. You could still see his abs even with the extra weight on him. So I'm not questioning Tom Aspinall in this spot. Marcin Taiboura was classic Marcin Taibora. No problems from him whatsoever, but he always looks the same here. And these guys actually size up pretty well. I thought Tom was bigger. I thought Tom was going to have more of a size advantage here in this spot. and He does not. Not that it makes that big of a difference. I do actually think that extra weight is going to do one thing for Tom. And that's lend to the punching power. We've seen Mar- Marcin Tybura be knocked out multiple times in the past by these true contender style fighters. And I know Tom may look to grapple in some circumstances. I don't think he has to here. Tom uh, is going to have no problem being lighter on the feet, quicker, faster, and bouncing around somebody like Marcin Tybura, who kind of plods his way into these fights and then looks to take advantage of grappling later when his opponents get tired, I don't think he's going to be able to outgrapple Tom. So during those striking engagements, even with the extra weight, Tom will be quicker, Tom will hit harder, and I think that extra poundage is going to find its way to Tybura's chin. I like Tom by KO. Really, it's any way he wants to do it. If he wants to take Marcin down, I think he can do that too. If Marcin hangs around for a bit and we go a full 25 minutes, I think there's a pretty... Uh, low chance of that happening. This fight should probably finish because either Tom Aspinall is broken and he's not the same. And Tybura gets him out of there with like a crucifix ground and pound TKO situation or Tom nukes him early in the fight I'm probably gonna look at that KO line if I'm gonna bet anything here on this one or just anchor all the parlays on Tom Easy hedge out on Marcin Tybura when he's at this plus 350 dog number That is the undefeated post weigh-in show folks. Good luck to you tomorrow at UFC London Make sure you give me a like on this bad boy comment your favorite bet down below I'm gonna be uploading my uh, bet openly spots for the week where you guys can come try and take my cash there is a link to bet openly down below it is peer to peer betting where you get one percent juice instead of 10 so long term it's going to save us all a whole lot of money and i've been straight up donating with these picks the last three four in a row i keep losing these bad boys so really if you want to just come take some of my money there's no reason not to sign up for bet openly and come get some of these clint bucks good luck tomorrow everybody on all your degenerate action we'll see you bright and early on twitter to talk about all these fights as they happen Let's roll.